Morning, Destiny Church. If you're in the lobby, come on in. We're going to get started right now. Um, if you're in the sanctuary, would you like to stand with me? We're going to get into worship this morning. Well, as we're getting into worship, um, I'd like to share with you just about uh, how King David in the Psalms talked a few times in his lowest moments, um, how, but the king is still on the throne. And uh, this morning, I just really, as we're worshiping, I want, I want us to all just imagine, man, no matter what's going on, the king is still on the throne. And this is the time where we're celebrating uh, King Jesus' birth. And it's amazing because ever for however many thousands of years, no matter what's been going on in our world, the king has always been on his throne ever since. And so this morning, uh, we know that he's on his throne in heaven right by his father. But how about in your heart? Um, this morning, I just think it's a regular thing. And we get to every week come together on Sunday. And, and remember, the king is still on this throne. And so, God, as we're worshiping you this morning and as we're in the season of celebrating your birth, we're just thankful that you've remained on the throne. You've been so faithful. And, Lord, we want to be faithful this morning and put you on the throne of our hearts. And we just thank you that uh, when King Jesus steps into the room and when he steps into our hearts, there's always healing, there's always peace, and there's always order, and everything in our life will be provided for, everything in our life will be taken care of when King Jesus is enforcing his kingdom. And so we just thank you for that this morning, and we worship you. Amen. Um, I believe that uh, sometimes... We're not sure why we would want to make King Jesus king of our life because maybe we'd have to let go of something. Um, or maybe it's, I don't know, we we're just trying to understand uh, what King Jesus' place would be in our heart. And I really like the words of the song when it talks about the, the dark days of history. Well, when King Jesus comes, those days are gone. He, you know, when King Jesus steps into his place, those dark days are driven out, and the, uh, the curse leaves when King Jesus is in his place. And I just think that, man, there is a place in each of everybody's life today that a curse needs to leave, or darkness needs to leave, or joy needs to come. And so I, I just thank you, Lord, that you're on the throne. And today, we just see those dark days leaving. We see that depression lifting. Every curse, every bondage, everything that's held us captive, Lord, is being driven out right now. We're being freed because you are king of our lives. And we just thank you for a, a new place in our hearts and in our lives where you sit on the throne. We dedicate another part of us today to King Jesus. Thank you, King of Kings, for being here and bringing that just like you said you would. Hallelujah. God, we just thank you for your presence here in this place. We thank you that today is a day of freedom. Today is a day of uh, redemption. Today is a day of joy. And we just thank you that any stress is lifted off. We just, we, any worry we have about the future, any worry we have about the past, 
Lord, we just invite you in today. Amen. Well, we're going to move on with our service. Uh, Find someone around you to say hello to and have your seat. Well, as you guys are having your seats and the ushers are getting ready to receive the tithes and offerings, I'd like to go through just a few announcements. Um, Our family service on Wednesday nights is uh, coming up here. We're starting January 5th, and uh, um, we're going for a a lot of weeks, but we're going to break it up into different topics. So the first five weeks or so will be, um, what was the topic again, Steve? (laughs) Uh, Getting to know God better. Um, And so uh, the staff, they really, they've been really prayerful and seeking God for what the church needs. And I I really um, believe that it's going to be a powerful few weeks going through that series. So um, if you need something to do or or not, it would still be a great place to be on Wednesday nights at 6.30 right here. And then the youth meet at the Destiny Fitness Center every week as well. And then also there's prayer every Sunday here at 9.15. And then there's ladies' prayer on Thursdays in the mornings at 10. Um, and then if you have any questions about events coming up, uh, you're wanting to give your information to us so that we can notify you if we have a cancellation in our church. Um, Dave is going to be at that table in the back. He answers everything, um, every history question and every theological question. And so we're just really thankful for Dave. He can help you clear up any questions you have about the church, and he can help you uh, know more about what we are here. And so uh, as we're getting our tithes and offerings in hand, there's a a screen up um, helping you out if you want some options of ways to give. Otherwise, the uh, ushers are passing around envelopes right now if you want a receipt for your giving. And we're just going to pray, and we're going to believe God here, and we're going to lift up our financial situation, and we're going to come together and just be a powerful force using our money today um, to expand God's kingdom. So God, we just thank you so much that you have blessed us overwhelmingly. And uh, even when we don't see it, Lord, you are working in our favor and you're working in your kingdom. And we just thank you, Lord, that today our act of giving is a powerful thing, that it's a a force that is going to change the world, change our community. And we're just so thankful that Uh, you help and change our lives in the process as well. We just thank you so much for blessing us, and we thank you for the opportunity to also be a blessing. Amen. Amen. Um, At this point, uh, Steve is going to come up and share the word. Yeah. Go ahead, pass the offering buckets. Praise God. Well, God's good. Amen. Want to say Merry Christmas to everybody. It's Hope you have an amazing Christmas this week with your family and loved ones and uh, hope that you get all the good things that you're supposed to get every Christmas. Um, I was going to say something about giving presents to people who have everything, but I won't say that right now. I know Christmas, uh, holiday seasons are really rough in one area. I love holiday season, by the way, but in one area, and that is the eating area. I weighed myself this morning. It was depressing. <laughs> I'd lost some weight. You know, I lost almost like 20 pounds about. And I was pretty excited. 
either that scale is a lion to me or things are going the wrong direction. Anyways, but that's the one drawback with, that's probably a little bit more information than you wanted to have about me, but anyways, just thought I'd just share what, one of the struggles I'm going through in my life right now, but God's good though, amen? So I have a, a Christmas message for you, and I titled this message, Moving Toward Health, Moving Toward Health. And, uh, you know, one of the things that you could say is that um, every single day of your life, you make decisions. Usually they're not huge decisions or little decisions. And they're based a lot on how you process things, how you think. And um, the, point, the point that I'm making is usually you're moving toward health or you're moving toward dysfunction every day of your life. And a lot of it has to do with your thinking. And... Um, uh, sometimes you go, well, I'm not moving at all. Well, that's not a good place to be at all. I mean, not moving. Um, but uh, how many know that not moving is not good? And so you, moving is a really important thing. And that's kind of the theme of what I'm going to be talking about this morning is <clears throat> I'm going to be talking about moving. Not moving from your house, but I'm just talking about moving in your life, moving forward, and how important it is. And the verse I used last week, so I'll do a little bit of review because... We, we talked a little bit about this last week, but Matthew chapter 4 and verse 16, it says, the people who sat, notice the word sat, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And upon those who sat in the region in the shadow of death, light has dawned. And notice this actually is talking about the ministry of Jesus and how uh, you know he started his ministry in the area of Galilee. But it says the people who sat and what I found in my life is that when people become spiritually inactive, you know, just because he's not talking about natural darkness there. He's talking about spiritual darkness. But I mean, how many know that from a natural standpoint that when you get, when it gets dark, you, you tend to not move. When something, the light goes out or, you know, one time my wife and I, we took the kids years ago to Niagara, Niagara. I, I Googled this and I, I typed in Viagra. So it's, but it's Niagara. Niagara Falls, and uh, so uh, Niagara Falls, and so not Niagara Falls, Niagara Caves. I'm getting this, getting this all wrong, but anyways, now I'm all flustered. <laughs> it's really gone, it's going south fast here, but anyways, so, um, but Niagara Caves. How many ever heard of that, Niagara Caves? It's in southern Minnesota, and what it was was a pig farmer lost some pigs one day, and he goes out in his field, and he finds this little hole in the ground, and he digs around, and he looks down in there, and he sees this gigantic cavern. And uh, there's a waterfall under there, all pools of water. And so we went, and they built, they even have a, a wedding chapel there. You can get married in Niagara, Niagara Caves. And so they, they wired it for electricity, and they got lights in there, and and, uh, and so what, what I, we did, we took the, the kids and the whole family went down there. And so at one point, what they do is they get you way back in there and then they shut the lights off. They say, you want to see outer darkness? And they shut the lights off and they let you sit there in the dark or stand there in the darkness. And I'll tell you, you don't move because you can't see a thing. And that's what happens when you're in literal darkness in your life. But also when you're in spiritual darkness, you don't move. There's no progress that you take that takes place in your life because you can't see you can't and if you can't see you're not going to move forward so that's why I always look at when people are not moving spiritually they're not they're not tithing 
They're not praying. They're not witnessing. They're not doing anything. They're just they're just like just there. It's because there's some kind of a darkness in their soul. And so what we want to do is we want to we want to make progress. We want to step out of darkness because people that are stationary, it's never good to be stationary. You know, they did this survey where they took they took uh, old people in, in nursing homes and they divided them up by by their abilities and they gave half of them. They gave them responsibilities like maybe take care of a plant or take care of something. And and then uh, you and then gave them options. In other words, they could make decisions for their lives. And then the other half, they just said, we'll just tell you what to do. And you have no responsibility. You just sit there. That's all you do. You just sit there. And they found that the people that had responsibilities and that had something to do, some activity that they they lived longer. Their minds were sharper. They were more they were more productive than the people that had no responsibility. It's never good to be to be idle. Never good. It's never a good thing not to be idle. I mean, today, uh, you know, you should be more uh, have more understanding this, you know, today than you than you had last week. There's, you should always be moving forward. Uh, it's it's never good when something is not being used or something is not moving forward. And so I want you to uh, realize that uh, it's time for us because the light has come. I mean, Jesus has made his light known to us and we have to we have to respond to the revelation that we have. Otherwise, dark will become engulfed in darkness. I mean, you know what I mean? I mean, sometimes we, we think about making great big steps, you know, like I'm going to move to India and become a missionary. Well, how about just cleaning your room? You know what I mean? I mean, how about how about that? You know, because sometimes we, we think that we have to do something spectacular. How about doing something little? This this week, I'm going to read my Bible for five minutes. How about that? Every day I'm going to read my Bible. How about something little just moving? I, I, I listened to this guy. His name is um, Jordan Peterson. He's a psychiatrist. Uh, he's a clinical. He's also a professor. At, did some teaching at Harvard. He's a very brainy guy, but he's really interesting to listen to. But he says when when he has when he counsels people that are severely depressed, I mean, severely depressed, clinically depressed. He starts, he says, just go, because usually he says, if I go home to their room and look at their bedroom, it's just like, it's a mess. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. You know, one of the things I used to do is I used to watch that show Hoarders. You guys ever watch that? I quit watching it because I have images in my mind that I can't get rid of. I have this one image where, where, they, where they go into this uh, trailer. This lady is living there and and all she has is little walkways from room to room. That's all she has, junk everywhere, junk, junk, just junk. And she doesn't even throw away her pizza boxes. And so I have this one scene where they're cleaning her house and, they, and she has this high stack of pizza boxes. I mean, everything is packed. I mean, junk everywhere. I mean, even, there's, a one play, there's a spot on her bed where she sleeps, otherwise the rest of the bed is piled with junk. Are you getting the picture? I mean, junk. We're, talk, I mean, we're talking junk. And, but I got this one scene where she goes over, or they go over, to get rid of these empty pizza boxes from pizza. And they pick it up, and it's, all, it's got all these mice in there. And the guy who picked it up has got mice crawling on his back and up his leg. I mean, it's going, hey, help me, Jesus, you know. So you know what I did? When I saw that show, the next thing I did was start throwing junk. 
But I mean, what I'm trying to say is that you have to sometimes you have to it has to be something little, but you got to be you have to move. You got to move forward. Turn to your neighbor and tell him you got to move forward. And so the thing that I said to you before was that the birth of Christ, you know, like I, I love Christmas carols. Was that a Christmas carol we sang? Was that I think that was. I love Christmas carols. I mean, I really, actually really do. But you know, one thing I don't like about them is that they're just so perfect. Have you ever noticed that? Perfect. They don't really talk about what was going on. You know, like everything's crystal clear. Everything's bright. Everything is uh, silent. Everything is holy. Everything is peaceful. Everything is just, it's just like this pristine setting. But actually, in reality, when you study it, it wasn't very pristine. It was confusing. It was frustrating. There was a lot of oppression. I mean, they had the Romans, they had Roman, they lived under the boot of the Roman tyranny. Uh, the whole, they, were, they were oppressed by the Romans. And then they also lived under a religious system that was so oppressive, so cruel, and so, so hard on people, and was exacting, and, 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 and was no mercy, there was no mercy, and there was no uh, compassion for people. It just pushed people down and made them feel worthless. You know, I, I um, when when you go to countries like in nine, in the early '90s, I went to uh, U- Russia and Ukraine. I mean, it, that you, communism. When you when people talk about communism, it sounds fair, because we're gonna we're gonna everybody's gonna be the same. Everybody's gonna have the same, and and they 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 promote that as though that is fair. But that actually, you have to create a governmental system that is so oppressive to try to make everybody the same. And what happens to the people that live under that is they have no motivation. Because why? They'll get the same no matter what they do. If they work hard, they're creative, they're intuitive, entrepreneurial, they'll get the same no matter what they do. And so what they do is they destroy people. Socialism and communism destroys individualism, destroys people, and holds them in bondage. And so I used to watch these people, the, the Russian people and the Ukrainian people, as they walked around. They walked around like they, had, like they, were, like they were robots. Just, they had no emotion, no expression. They weren't happy, weren't laughing. You know, like Americans. You know how we are. <laughs> you know. Yeah, in your face. You know, we're, we're, we're crazy. I mean, I, how many know what I mean? And you go there and they're like, you don't, they've lived under tyranny and oppression for so long, they don't know what it's like to be an individual. They don't know what it's like to make decisions for themselves because they're so oppressed. And that was, what, that was what it was like in the time of the birth of Christ. It was a lot of oppression, a lot of, a lot of cruelty. I mean, the way that the Ro- Romans used to keep people in check is that when they killed somebody that was a, what they call the insurrectionists, they would crucify them and they would crucify them in an open area where everybody could see. And the sign was step out of line and this is what's going to happen to you. And so you had the Roman oppression it was horrible. Roman oppression was horrible. But then you had the religious oppression. And the religious oppression was probably even worse. Because they just, like Jesus said one time, he goes, you pile heavy burdens on people and you won't even lift a burden with your finger. He kept, that's why Jesus said, woe unto you. He kept saying, when when Jesus says, woe to you, you're in trouble. He said, woe unto you, blind guides that lead the blind. He just kind of hammered them. But that was the spiritual environment. That was the atmosphere that 
that these uh, p- people that we talk about, that was that they were living into. And the reason I say that is because one of the most interesting verses is about Mary. When the angel of the Lord came to Mary. And I want you to turn over there to Luke because I'm skipping over here a little bit. I want you to turn over here to Luke chapter one. And it says this. And so Mary lived in this in this environment of, of just being pushed down. And and actually the reason they had gone to Bethlehem. I mean, there was no mercy when you think about it. I mean, the lady is nine months pregnant. And so how many like to tr- travel for th- four or five days Nine months pregnant. I mean, I, they say that she rode a donkey, but it doesn't really say that in the scripture. She could have walked. I mean, I've never been pregnant. And so I have to check with the ladies how that was like, but I don't think it was a wonderful thing. I mean, I'm sure everything hurt. But there was no mercy. You just do what you're told because human life is not that valuable. So you do what you're told. And so... But here's what here's what's so interesting. So I'm trying to paint the picture of what the environment was like. It wasn't it wasn't like us. See, it's hard for us to imagine living. You know, like I've gone and preached in a lot of different countries and and I have had the pastor several times or the missionary several times tell me, don't say this. You can't say this. You can't say this. You can't talk about this. And it's like us Americans, like we talk about anything. Almost to our to our ill, but we talk, we, you know, the president, I will talk about him. The vice president, let me tell you about her. I mean, we just I mean, we, we just let her fly. We don't care. And when you go to these countries that are oppressive, they like the pastor would say, don't say anything about the government. Don't say anything about this religion. Don't say anything about this. I went to Vietnam and they said, don't say anything about the government. I wanted to get up when we were in Vietnam preaching. I wanted to get up and say, good morning, Vietnam. But the missionary said, don't you dare say that. <laughs> but, me, but, you know, it's, they have to tell us that because it's like, what? You can't say this? You can't say that? Why? Because it's not permitted. We'll get arrested. We'll get thrown in jail. And so for us, it's like, what is that? But that's the environment that they lived under. They had two oppressive forces. They had the Roman government and they had the religious government that was oppressing them. I want you to set that in your mind because this, what this angel said to Mary, says, and the angel, this is Gabriel, having come in, the angel said to her, now listen to this, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Then the next verse. But when she saw him, She was troubled. Now listen to this. She was troubled not at seeing him. She was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. What she was troubled was what he said to her. That was what he was troubled by. She was troubled by. Because there was nothing in her experience up until that point that would ever say that the Lord is with me. The Lord is with me. I'm highly favored that I'm blessed among women. She was just a little peasant girl that that was living under this oppressive regime. And all of a sudden this angel comes and says something to her. This angel says something to her that came fresh out of heaven. This is what God thinks. This is what God is saying about your life. This is what God is declaring over you right now. It may not be your experience or what you've been going through, but this is what God is saying about you right now. And she was troubled by that saying. You know, I think that if all of us, if God, if, if, if God appeared and said, I want you to go to tell Steve what I think. 
I think I'd be trouble. I'd be like, what? Are you sure? You keep, I'd be, keep looking behind you. Are you, are you talking to him? Are you talking to me? No, I'm talking to you. Because we have, every, how many of we all have experience? We all have an experience. I have an experience. And it's not all great. There's a lot of potholes, a lot of pitfalls, a lot of failures, a lot of things I didn't do right. And so if, 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 if an angel came and said, you're highly favored, I'm going, I don't think I am. I mean, the cat didn't like me today. I, I could tell you story after story about this cat. I don't know why. I've never had a cat like this. Of course, it's the first cat we've ever had, but I think. I think because I don't like I, I've always said I don't like cats because, you know, dogs, you know, they're glad to see you no matter who what you did. You go out and kill somebody. You come back. The dog's glad to see you. But cats, they have the attitude like, where you been? You know, I haven't been fed lately. You know, they always had that kind of like, you know what I mean? It's kind of like I could take you or leave you. That's I mean, I don't even like you. You know, how do I get stuck with you? That's kind of how cats are. But this cat, I don't know what the deal is with him, but he. He likes me. If I go for a, I'll go out in the woods for a walk and he'll come with me. Why are you here? He used to sit there and look at me. He looks at me adoringly. <laughs> I don't even know why I said that. But I'm just saying that you could be a, a, a whatchamacallit or a thingamajig. And, and because that's your history, that's your past experience. That's the way that you were brought up. And you know, every single one of us have a past. Some of it's not that great. Your past explains you, but your past does not have to define you. And what God does is God brings a word to bring you out of that out of that darkness, out of that, out of that shadow and bring you into the light. He has a word for you. He wants to bring you out of that darkness, out of those shadows, and he wants to bring you into his light. But he has to have your cooperation. You can't just, why sit here? You know, last week I talked about the four lepers. And again, the same situation there, but the four lepers, the turning point in their lives was when they said, why sit we here till we die? And every single one of us if your life is in some kind of darkness or if your life is not what it should be, you're going to have to come to a point where you go, I'm not sitting here any longer till I die. I'm not dying like this. I'm not sitting in this puke. I'm not sitting in this darkness. I'm not sitting in the shadow of, the sh the shadow of death. I'm, I'm going to start moving in the direction. I'm going to start moving toward health. I'm going to start moving, moving toward life. And you have to, if you don't ever come to that point, you could, you could live and die in, in the shadow of death. And a lot of people do because they just never take a step. And like I said, it doesn't have to be a big step, but it has to be a step. You know, what's so powerful about this story about Mary is after she receives this word, you're going to be pregnant with the, with the Christ child. You're going to be supernaturally pregnant. Christ is going to be Christ child is going to be born in you. You know, the, you know, after she receives this word and there's a lot of powerful truths about that where you where the angel says, no word from God is void of power. Every rhema of God is, is, has power with it to bring it to pass. Every, every word that God gives in that word, there's, a pow there's power to bring that word to pass. 
And that's what that angel said. No word from God is void of power. And so, but you know what? The very next thing she did after she received that word, she didn't just sit there. The very next thing she did is she started moving. She went to visit Elizabeth. Elizabeth was pregnant supernaturally too, but not on the same level that Mary was. But she was an old lady. And she, was, she became pregnant. So, and, and Elizabeth's husband, Zechariah, had the same visitation that Mary did from the angel Gabriel. So you can imagine. And, and so she didn't just say, well, I, I'm, I'm pregnant with the Christ child. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Just sat there. No, she started moving. That's the first thing that she did is she started moving. And she went and joined herself to somebody. She went and joined herself to somebody who also had a miraculous experience with the angel Gabriel. It was also pregnant supernaturally, not on the same, like I said, not on the same level. But can you imagine their discussion? Because sometimes you've got to be careful who you talk to. Some people are full of darkness. They are full of darkness. They're negative all the time. They're, they're bad-mouthing. They've got offenses. They've got unforgiveness. They, they, they have issues they've never worked out. And they're not afraid to talk about them. And sometimes if you, if you get around that, it'll just start bringing you down. I, my, my life, your life, my life is too valuable to be around a bunch of do-nothing nobodies that won't take a step out of the darkness into the light. We got to be around people that challenge us. We got to be around people that are with us in the miracle of bringing God into the earth. Amen. We got to be around those kind of people. You know, you know, I, ha I found this out when I first got saved. You know, because I, I mean, you, I tell my testimony, and some of you have heard it, but I mean, I, I wasn't like a real bad person. But, I, but in my estimation, I was a really bad person. But comparing myself to really bad people, I wasn't as bad. I mean, I never killed anybody or anything. I was, just a, I was just a dummy, you know, I was just like a dumb. My dad used to always tell me, I hope you have a kid just like you. I, I, I never did. Thank God. <laughs> but after I got saved, I got saved. And, and immediately the guys that I hung around with had the same kind of a testimony that I had. I mean, it was different, but it was in the same kind of way. We were raised in the church and we were always the bad kids of the church. We all got kind of saved together. And so, and so they were encouragements to us. I mean, we were encouragements to each other. But the thing about it was sometimes we would get together and we would talk about the past. We go, remember when we, yeah, remember when we did that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I noticed something that there was always a defilement. Because the way you partake, about, partake of something spiritually is you talk about it. Amen. That's why the Bible says in Ephesians 5, don't even speak of the things that people do in darkness. Because when you speak of those things, you start partaking of it. And it's, there's a defilement that comes. Now, you, you can use it in a way of a testimony, but always bring up, always end with what Jesus did for you. Amen. And so it's important to be around the right people. Turn to your neighbor and tell them that. It's important to be around the right people. Look at your other neighbor and say, I can't hang around. No, don't say that. Just say, you're bad news, man. <laughs> I, needed to be around, I needed to be around people. Mary, I mean, think about it. She's highly favored. 
The Lord is with her. Blessed is she among women. But what is the first thing that she does? She goes to somebody else that has had something happen in their life. And they, and they had the same visitation from the same angel. And they get together and she was there three months. Don't you know that they were talking about some stuff? I mean, I would say Zachariah was, but he got struck dumb. So he, he was probably writing on his writing tab. Big, 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 white, white angel, big angel. Right? I mean, it must have been like big. You know, he can't say anything because he was full of unbelief when the angel told him what, what was going to happen to him and his wife. And so the angel said, well, you're not going to be able to talk. I don't want you spewing out unbelief, so you're not going to be able to talk. So he couldn't talk until John was born. Then they, they said, his, and they named John the Baptist. They said, what will, what will the child's, they were going to name him Zechariah, the son's name. And he said, give me a writing tablet. So he was writing. His name is John. So don't you think that when Mary was there and Elizabeth was there, don't you think he's writing on his writing tablet? Talking about what, what had happened, what had happened to him. And she said, man, this is what happened to me. And, and all this stuff. And she was around people that were consistent, that believed consistently with what she was going to bring forth in the earth. See, it, it matters who you're around. I need to be around a bunch of people that have been sitting at Samaria's gate and there's a, there's a, there's a famine in the land. And, 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 and the, the, they say to each other, why sit here till we die? Why sit here we, till we die? Even if it's a little thing, why sit here till we die? I'm not sitting here any longer. You can sit here. There's death in the city. If I go back, there's death there. If I stay here, there's death. But I'm moving. And even though he moved, they moved in the dark, in other words, they couldn't see, even though they moved in the dark, God met them in the dark. And God worked an incredible miracle. That was my sermon last week. And so I want you to think about that. How important it is for, to, to look at your life and how, how valuable your life is. Your life is so important. There, there are people that you could reach. There are things that you can do that I can't do. There are people that you can reach that I can't reach. But as long as you're stuck, as long as you're stuck because of a past issue, somebody did something to you that you can't get past it. You know, Martin Luther King Jr., he made this statement. I thought this was powerful. He said, faith is taking the first step even when you don't see the whole staircase. You've got to take a step. Even though you can't see where this is going to go, take a step. Or you can't see that how this will matter with anybody or anything. You've got to take a step. Like I said, it doesn't have to be moved to India and become a missionary, but it has to be a step. Clean your room. Do something. Don't sit here till you die. Do something. Call somebody up. Talk to somebody. Do something. Move. Make them have some movement. And what you'll see is that God will meet you. Amen. See, we don't live. Not yet. And I'm praying that it never happens. We don't live in an oppressive situation like that. We don't live in oppression. We can say what we want. We can believe what we want. Of course, it's changing some, but, but I still think we should say what we want, believe what we want. Even though sometimes 
I mean, I don't know if you've ever been there where somebody's saying something and you hate what they say. I mean, how many of you ever had that happen? I mean, I've actually told somebody one time, I said, everything you just said, I totally disagree with it. It is crap from crap. <laughs> Are you supposed to say crap in church? I don't know, but it is all crap. I mean, I've had, I mean, I've had that, and, I, and it's, I mean, you hurt all over. You sit there and you hurt all over. Oh, that, you, you're wiggling back and forth. You're just like, oh, it's like you're getting beat up. Everything you said is just not good. I'll use a Bible word. It's dung. Right? But, you know, in our, in our nation, we should protect the right of people to say things that are even though they're not right. Because what happens, the, the, the other alternative is tyranny. You're going to have somebody police speech. I remember they were trying to pass a law against transgender so that means if I got up and say, in the beginning, God created them male and female. If they pass that law, I could be arrested. That's, that's tyranny. That's oppression. I mean, I don't like what a lot of people say, but they should have the right to say it. But here's my point. I guess I'm trying to bring my point. I guess the time's kind of slipped away from me. Are you guys doing okay still? This is my, Merry Christmas, by the way. This is my Christmas message. <laughs> How do you like it? I was going to, you like it? <laughs> you know, I was, I was going to, um, I was going to play a Tim Hawkins video about Christmas carols. Have you ever seen that one? Where he goes, um, little baby shivers in the cold. Let us bring him silver and gold. He goes, silver and gold? He's shivering in the cold. How about a blanket? <laughs> he, goes, who he goes, who writes these carols? I mean, some of them are kind of funny, you know. A star as with a tail as big as a kite. I mean, who writes these? Some of these, some of these lines are pretty funny. But anyways, uh, I don't know why I said that. Oh, Merry Christmas, by the way. Merry Christmas. Steve's ranting and raving this morning. But I just feel strongly about some of these things. And that we have to be able to not take for granted the freedoms that we have. But they, did, they weren't living in that kind of environment. But still, she was somebody who pressed past it. One of the things that she did, you know, you've heard me say this before, but it says that at key points in her life where somebody would prophesy and speak about the child. It says that Mary pondered all these things in her heart. I mean, that's one reason why she was there at the death of Christ. She was there at the resurrection of Christ. She was there on the day of Pentecost because she pondered these things in her heart. See, what you ponder in your heart. I, I preached this sermon the first time was when we, our quarterback for the Vikings was Christian Ponder. And I tell my message, do Christians ponder? Well, Mary did. She pondered. She pondered these things in her heart. And so it's very important. What you, what you say to yourself is very important. Because God has an opinion about you and about your situation that not everybody has that same opinion. Amen? And so my message, Christmas message to you is get up and get moving. 
I expected somebody to jump up and run out of the church. <laughs> no, do some. That's what I'm. That's my Christmas message to you: is get up and get moving. And it doesn't have to be something big, but start moving toward the light. Every single day of your life, you're moving toward health, or you're moving toward greater dysfunction by the decisions you make. Most most days, we don't make earth-shaking decisions. We make small decisions. Should I have that second piece of pie? I probably should. Because <laughs> God will give me the desires of my heart. And that, that piece of, I mean, I don't know if you've ever done that where you're in the other room and you're sitting there and you start thinking about that other piece of pie. Until finally, the only thing you can think of is that other piece of pie. Right? I mean, am I the only person on planet Earth that has this issue? But it's important. So little decisions are, are huge. You know, um, I'll just close with this as the worship team comes. You know, our church, we've been here for 40, we're going on 45 years. That's a long time. And I've been preaching full-time since 1977. That's a long time. Full-time. I did some preaching before that. But, and we, you know, we, we preached in a lot of different countries of the world and seen a lot of things happen, tremendous things happen. We've seen tremendous things happen here in our church. But somebody asked me one time, did you have a burning bush experience to come to Ashby? You know what I tell them? I said, no, I didn't. In fact, I didn't even have God speak to me. All I had was I had this desire. Now, don't misunderstand me. Desires, not all desires are good. Some, some desires stink. But I just had this incredible desire. In fact, a year before I moved to Ashby, somebody said to me, because we started coming up here having a Bible study, and somebody said to me, well, maybe you'll move to Ashby a year before this happened. I said, I said, let me just tell you, thank you, thank you. Let me just tell you, I'll never move to Ashby. That's what I said. So you can see where I was at. But a year later, I had this incredible desire to move there. Now, once I got here, God started talking to me about what he wanted to do. But he didn't talk to me about it before. The desire was, he just put this desire in my heart. The reason I say that is because sometimes we're looking for a burning bush. We're looking for some extraordinary thing. We're looking for the skies to split open and a dove to come out of somewhere and land on our head and, and, and this word to come out of, out of heaven. And we're waiting for something spectacular I didn't have that when I came here. And I relate that to that story of those four lepers, if you were here last week, where those four lepers, where they're at the gate, and, and they're going, there's death in the city. There's death if we stay here. Let's move forward. They didn't have no word from the Lord. They didn't have no burning bush. They had no sign from heaven. They just said, and it wasn't even a good choice because they say, we, stay, we go back into the city, we're dead. We stay here, we're dead. If we move forward, there's a remote chance that we might live. There's a remote chance. And when they started moving forward, 
all of a sudden God honored that and caused the Syrian army to hear horses and chariots. And they fled in fear. It says that as you followed their track as they fled, they, they threw off their weapons. They left their horses, their donkeys, all their food. It says even they had apparel lining the road that they fled on. Wouldn't that be interesting? Here's a guy's shirt. I wonder why he threw that. You know, I got to get all the excess weight so I can run faster. You know, just threw everything, just ran. And it all started when four leopards said, they didn't have a word from God. They just said, why do we sit here? I just wonder sometimes if, if we're, we're waiting on God to do something spiritual or supernatural and God's going, why are you just sitting there? Why don't you just get up? The first thing Mary did after the angel came to her, she got up and she went. She started moving. And she went to a place where people were at that had a similar experience that she had. And that's where we need to find ourselves. Isn't that true? We need to find ourselves with people that have a similar passion and desire. People that are are wanting to learn. You know, some of us have, when we got out of high school, we haven't read a book since we got out of high school or college. I try to read one book or two books a month, plus the Bible. Because I don't want to be, I don't want to just sit. I want to learn. I want to move forward. How about you? So don't sit until. Move forward. Let's all stand together. Let's sing this song.
send the darkness running out of an empty grave. Now seated alone in glory, enthroned on the highest praise. And you send the darkness running out of an empty grave. Now seated alone in glory, enthroned on the highest praise. Oh, you send the Praise God. Let me just pray for you. Lord, I just pray right now, God, that you would awaken your people today. Just awaken something in us, Lord. Even if we can't see the whole staircase, Lord. Lord, let awaken something in us to take the first step. We just pray, Lord, that it becomes such a quickening in us. That we would not just sit here. Why sit here? We here till we die. We're not going to sit here, Lord. Hallelujah. We're not going to sit in this situation.
We're not going to sit in this darkness any longer, Lord. We're going to make a step. We're going to walk, begin to move toward health. Hallelujah. Start moving toward health, Lord. Thank you, God, for your people today. Lord, let them hear your voice about their, who they are in you, Lord. We just pray, God, there be such a quickening in them. Let them know, Lord, that they are highly favored and that you are with them. Hallelujah. Thank you, God, for that wonderful truth. We just pray, Lord, that you give them an amazing time of celebration over your birthday. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Bless your people today immeasurably, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want to give you the opportunity to be prayed for. If you'd like prayer, the prayer counselors could please come forward. And then um, if they want to come on up. So if you have a prayer request or a prayer need, physical, spiritual, mental, emotional, whatever, please come forward as soon as I dismiss and, and have these wonderful people pray for you. They'd love to get their hands on you and pray. Praise God. Well, it's so good to be with you today. You're some of the greatest people on planet Earth. That's my opinion. It's great to have you here. And I want you to know that we wish you a very Merry Christmas and that God will bless your celebration abundantly. God bless you all. You're free to go. We have some refreshments in the back. Join us, please, for some fellowship. God bless you. You're all free to go.